Welcome to the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast, where we will take your faith and the powerful Word of God and make them as practical and relevant to your job, home, and hobbies as your favorite pair of blue jeans are on a Saturday. The 23rd Psalm is cherished by every Christian, especially those with troubles or facing difficult times. But does the 23rd Psalm apply to your boss? How about your job? We'll show you today it certainly does. The Lord Jesus Christ is my boss, and I don't want any other. He makes me secure in my job. He leads me to the water cooler at work. When I'm about ready to quit my job, He restores my ability to work well. He leads me in the path of doing things right for Him. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of difficult bosses and irate customers and jerks of fellow workers who don't pull their own weight, I will not fear losing my job. And if I do, it's because He's got something better for me. His rules... And his word, the Bible, comfort me. He provides food on my table and even somehow manages to meet all of my needs. Even in the midst of all the difficulties of my job. He lets me know I'm super important, at least to him, even though I may not feel like that at work. In fact, his blessings overflow in my life. Surely, His goodness and His mercy will follow me all the days that I work, because I trust Him, because He's done that to me so far. And when it's all said and done, I will get to live at His house with Him forever. And there's a sign on the door of my room there that says, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into this room with joy. I am pleased with you. I bet right about now some of you are furious. Yeah, furious with me. Maybe even turn me off. Kevin, he just changed God's word. God's magnificent and holy word. I didn't say I was reading or changing his word. Oh, did you think I was reading the 23rd Psalm there? (laughs) You know what? I think we would be a lot more useful to God and have a lot more fulfilling life as Jesus promised in John 10.10 if we would apply Scripture to our life and not just hear it, but actually hear it and then do it. And maybe we can change the words to make them apply to our life. Just so that the context is still there and the purpose is still there, it's okay. No, we don't change God's Word. It's still written in my Bible the way He breathed it out. I just can take it and apply it more meaningful to my life. I'm not changing it. I'm using it for His glory and my benefit, which is also to his glory. (laughs) Okay. Here's what it really reads from the New King James Version. 
This is the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord in that passage, in the very first verse and the very last verse, is God. It's the name of God, Yahweh, or Yehovah. And it says that he is our shepherd. What is the shepherd to the sheep? The boss. <laughs> he looks over the sheep. He cares for the sheep. He makes sure that they have food and water. All their basic needs are met. Now, I think the most intelligent gospel writer was the Apostle John. He spends an entire chapter making sure that we understand that the shepherd of the 23rd Psalm is Jesus. He does so by quoting Jesus himself. Here are some examples. In John 10:11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. And in John 10, 14, Jesus said, Again, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. And then a little later in verse 27, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And in verse 30, Jesus said, I and my Father are one. In verse 38, The Father is in me, and I in him. Jesus is the Lord in that passage in the 23rd Psalm. Jesus is my shepherd. It's kind of interesting that we are considered sheep. Sheep aren't the brightest. They need somebody to care for them. They need somebody to lead them to still waters and to lead them to green pastures to make sure that their basic needs are met. That's what Jesus does for us. Okay. Maybe somebody says, no, I just don't think that Jesus is the Lord of the 23rd Psalm. Well, notice the I am statements, which were in those John passages. Okay. I am the good shepherd. He says several times. And he says that I and God the Father are one. Jesus and God the Father are one. Remember when Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane? And the authorities said, are you Jesus? And he said, I am. And it knocked everybody to the ground. Why is that? There must be something to that statement, I am. Remember the I am statement goes back to the voice of the burning bush in Exodus 3.14, where Moses asked God, 
What's your name? Who should I say sent me? And God said, I am. Jesus used the same. Jesus may have even been the voice of that burning bush. So that first statement in the 23rd Psalm says that Jesus is my shepherd, and I shouldn't want any other shepherd but Jesus. It's also wonderful to know the shepherd, Jesus, is a real person who lived here on earth, went through temptations and troubles just like we do, so he can relate to our troubles. Hebrews 4.15 says that. And also, Jesus was a worker. In fact, about 90% of his adult life, you know, roughly age 12 or 14 or whatever on, was spent in a job, in a small business, working. Yes, working. And that worker is our boss, our shepherd, that is referred to in Ephesians 6, 5 through 9, where we're told to obey our earthly master and our heavenly master, Jesus. In fact, obey both just as if Jesus was your actual boss here on earth, as we talked about in the previous episode of this podcast. Now, it's not just something cute to say or some frame of mind to think about. It's much more than that. Because in Matthew twenty-eight twenty, Jesus said, that he will be with us always. And in Hebrews 7.25, it says that Jesus prays for us. And in Hebrews 13.6, it says that Jesus helps us. John 10.3-5 says that Jesus guides us. And Romans 10.9-10 says that Jesus restores our soul. In Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30, it says that Jesus comforts us and gives us rest. Boy, we need both of those, don't we? <laughs> and in Romans 12, 1 and John 14, 27, it says that Jesus gives us peace. We can certainly trust Jesus as our boss. And he does do wonderful things for us. The shepherd Jesus takes away our fear and anxiety, too. And doesn't our job give us a lot of anxieties and fears? I know it sure did for me. (laughs) The worst part of the week was about 4 p.m. on Sunday, knowing that the weekend's over and I got to go back to work and there is some anxieties and fears coming there. Oh, boy, but Jesus gets us through all of that and relieves those. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says that, and Matthew 6, 25 through 34 does too. Jesus will save us from the thief, Satan, and all of the bad things that he can do to us, and gives us life and have it more abundantly. That's from John 10.10. And will give us goodness and mercy and a full and enjoyable life. Jesus is your shepherd if you know him and he knows you, is what it says there. And John 10.27 says that. He knows your name. He calls you by name. 
and you come to him. Do you? Do you know how you get all of these things from Jesus? I'll tell you. Romans 10 says that if you confess your sins, confess that you're a sinner, and then confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus is the Lord of your life, and that you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved and you will get these things from Jesus. For with your heart you believe those, and you will be righteous when you confess with your mouth. And that's called salvation through Christ. And it is a free gift, a free gift to anyone who realizes they're a sinner and apologizes to God and accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And even though this life is full of troubles, Jesus said it will be, you will get through it. And here's something to look forward to. We get to spend eternity with him. And that's going to be incredible. It's not going to be boring. We're not going to be sitting on a cloud wearing a diaper strumming a harp. We're going to be working for Jesus directly then. Directly then. And the kind of job you're going to be doing for eternity then is dependent on how well you do here on this side of eternity. It's like you're working on your resume right now. And when you get to heaven, Jesus pulls out that resume and says, hmm, let's see what you did. Let's see what you did for me. What is the fruit that you did for me? Okay, this, this, and this. Okay, great. I have something for you. Because you have been faithful in these little things, I'm going to put you in charge of some great things. I have quite a promotion for you. And you're going to be so excited and so happy. So that's something to look forward to. It says that in John 14, 1 through 3. So doing all the wonderful things that are described in the 23rd Psalm? Do you want all the wonderful things that were described when I read my little version, <laughs> if you will, of that? The practical application of Scripture to your daily life? Yeah, the Bible tells us all about God. And Jesus, it also tells us how to live. You can have Jesus as your shepherd. And Jesus will be the shepherd that does all of those things in that 23rd Psalm for you, including your job. So do you call Jesus your shepherd? Does he call you by name? Folks, please make sure that you do. Please make sure that he does. Let me read you the scariest verse in the Bible. You know, there's a lot of really good verses, right? <laughs> Full of hope and even peace and joy. But there's also a scary verse. Let me read that. It is Matthew seven, twenty-one through 23, actually. It says here, Not everyone who says to me, Jesus, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And many will say to me when they've been banished to hell, they will say to me, Lord, Lord, we, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. 
Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. There are people who think Jesus is their shepherd, but he doesn't know them and they don't know him. They never did that Romans 10 passage that I talked about. They never did that. They never realized they were a sinner and confessed their sins and asked Jesus to be their Lord. Oh, they called him Lord. They knew who he was, but they didn't do that. They relied on their things that they did instead of the thing that Jesus did on the cross for their salvation. And they were banished to hell forever. Make sure that you know Jesus, intimately know Jesus. Make sure that he is your shepherd and he is your boss, your ultimate boss here on earth. And you're working on your resume for him because when we pass from this life on to the next, Jesus is going to, like I say, pull out that resume and say, hmm, let's see what you did for me. How were you as an employee for me? Yeah, I know you worked for Jim or whatever, but you also worked for me. How did you do with what I gave you? How did you do with that job that I gave you? How did you do with that company that I had you run? Did you run it for me? Was it a fruit-producing business? And by fruit, I mean things that I would agree with are fruit, says Jesus. And if so, if you did good there, oh boy, does he have a wonderful job for you in heaven forever. He may even have a business for you to run in heaven. A really cool business. Even better than what you had here. And you know what it's going to be like in heaven? Where everybody loves Jesus? Everybody pays their bills on time? Everybody gives a hundred at least percent? Every employee does? Everybody loves each other and looks out for each other. Everybody shows up to work on time and works, you know, 60 minutes for every hour that they get paid. Can you imagine how wonderful it will be to be a worker and a business owner then? It all starts with whether Jesus is your shepherd. Does he know your name? And do you know him? Make sure of that. And then work for him. Work for him. For his glory. Making him look good. What do you think? Should we do a TFL? Yeah, let's do a TFL before we wrap this up today. Today's tip for life is really short, but really sweet. It's called, Make Sure Folks Know They're Useful. What do I mean by that? I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Everybody has value. God created everyone to bring glory to Him in one way or another. But people like to know that they're useful also, that they have something to bring to the table, that they can do something and do something maybe even well. And everybody does have certain things that they do well. They have certain things that they suck at too, but hopefully they know the difference. But everyone likes to feel useful. So when you are dealing with somebody, make sure that they know 
that their input is valuable, that they are useful. If you have a coworker that just doesn't seem to do very good and is really down and out, give them a little bit of encouragement by telling them their value to the company, how useful they are to the business or to the successful product that's being produced. Everyone likes to know that they have value. And this really does apply also to the elderly. We can tend to shove them off and say, you're no longer useful. We also can tend to do the same for young people. But everyone is useful, no matter what the age. So please allow folks to have their input, to help out a little bit, to work with them. It may take patience. It may take showing them some grace. Sometimes it may mean you have to stay late and fix what they did. But make sure that they don't know that. Or at least don't make them feel useless if you're explaining why or what happened. Have them be useful. Somehow make folks feel useful. In doing so, you're acknowledging that God created them for a purpose and that they are glorifying God. And you are acknowledging that you also love them just as God does. Or at least a little bit like God does. (laughs) Okay, folks, I'll let you figure out for sure how to do that with with other people. In our next episode, I'm going to talk about the four verses that made an impact to me in a positive way. When I was a business owner, and I used to keep a little note of these four verses underneath my keyboard, and I would lift up my keyboard and read them often to the point that I had them memorized. I'm going to tell you what those are and how important they were to me and how important they will be to you. So join us next time on the Blue Jeans Christian Weekly Podcast. Remember, you can connect with me through my website, bluejeanschristian.com. And remember, I have a book out there called Your Glorious Endeavor, How to Glorify God, Be Well-Pleasing to Him, and Worship Him the Way God Accepts Worship. You can get that book anywhere Christian books are sold, including Amazon. Okay, Lord willing, tune in next Tuesday. Thanks, folks. See you later.